Hi, friends. I talk a lot about systems thinking on this podcast and thought I'd share one of the most potent actions you can take if you feel moved to be a different kind of leader for the 21st century. At Small Giants Academy, we developed our answer to the traditional MBA. We call it the MBE, a mastery of business and empathy. The MBE is a truly groundbreaking program which equips leaders with the tools, strategies, networks and philosophies to lead with purpose in these troubled times. Applications are open now for 2025. So head to smallgiants.com.au forward slash MBE to learn more and sign up. Australia is waking up. What you consume, how you get from A to B, where you choose to shop. These everyday choices matter and who you bank with does too. Shape the world you want to see. Join the bank with clean money. Search Bank Australia. Greetings, friends. This is the first of three music episodes of the Dumbo Feather podcast, a mini-series we've put together to celebrate our music issue of the magazine, which you can get over at our website, dumbofeather.com, or at specialty newsagents and retailers. So, for the next three months, we're going to spotlight some of the musicians featured in the pages of the issue and bring their stories and music to your ears. We've got two musical powerhouses for you in this episode, Indigenous opera singer, contemporary songwriter and performer Jess Hitchcock, and piano virtuoso, composer and local Fitzroy jazz player Monique DiMartina. First up is Jess, who joined us for one of our artist-in-residence huddles at Small Giants. She began by telling us a bit about the career she's building as an opera singer and commercial artist. She shares a couple of songs, one from her soon-to-be-released, yet-to-be-named album, and the other is from her 2019 album, Bloodline. Enjoy. I work as a singer doing freelance work with a lot of amazing Australian artists, including Kate Mill Heidke and Paul Kelly. And I recently worked with Julia Stone and Tina Arena doing some duet singing, which has been an amazing launch into the more commercial side of singing. I also work as a project officer for Short Black Opera, which is Australia's only Indigenous opera company and one of the only Indigenous music companies in Australia. And that is run by soprano Deborah Cheatham. She's the artistic director. And it's an incredible company that not only does opera, but all sorts of music-related activities, including having a children's choir in Geelong and Shefferton, who regularly get together, as well as her and I have just finished composing a children's opera, which is called Cheeky Opera, and that will go into schools, hopefully by the end of this year, if not next year, which is sort of like a how to make your own opera. So it's a kit that schools buy and it also encourages the use of Aboriginal language from the areas in which those schools are on. And previous to us composing that opera, we composed a book of songs called the Dungala Coral Connection Songbook, which is an amazing collaboration between myself and Deborah and also from nine different language groups around Australia. 
we went and we ran these programs, which are called SBO for Kids, where we go into regional and rural communities for one week, like Monday to Friday. And we work with Indigenous kids from that area every morning. And by the end of the week, we write a song with them and whatever language we are able to be gifted from the local people, we try and incorporate it into the song. So that resource has really taken off in the education system purely because there was a gap for Indigenous language content that teachers were comfortable being able to use and to have their kids perform. We went through all of the permissions and things for people so that they're able to use that resource freely. Then we also have a classical music ensemble that is in all Indigenous Australian artists. I myself am in it. I picked up my bassoon again. I played bassoon in high school. So I picked that up again two years ago to join that ensemble. I just want to be there so that other young people can see that this could possibly be a pathway for them into the classical music world. Unfortunately, in the classical music world, there is basically zero representation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. I'm in the process of writing a new album, which is going to be coming out, fingers crossed, at the end of this year. It's a process that I have done before. I have done an EP before, which was just it's just five tracks, and then I'm now doing an album. I did one in 2019 called Bloodline, and it's basically a live album, which I self-recorded. This album has a lot more <laughs> people involved, which is awesome, except it's been a hard thing to get my head around trying to work with people online and not in person. Actually really struggling with, I have to say. I've been writing all of these new tracks and I'm in the process of doing that up here now, so thought I'll play you one. Deep in the earth there is something I need I've heard all the secrets of where it might be now I have a map that will lead me there It's buried in my blood, my mother's to share And if I've learned anything from the stories I've heard It's that heroes never give in And as my body grows old with the things that I'm told I won't let it penetrate my skin I'll bury within I will not let them win The scars of my mother run through my veins They're covered with fear and burdened by shame The vines entrap and they pull me in For a moment I'm lost before I begin and if I've learned anything from the stories I've heard, it's that heroes never give in. And as my body grows old with the things that I'm told, I won't let it penetrate my skin. I'll bury it deep within. I will not let them win.
it grows or with the things that I'm told I won't let it penetrate my skin I'll bury it deep within I'll never let them win I think the beauty of opera for me is actually the storytelling and opera creates this platform where you can tell these really large and exciting stories the biggest difference between opera and music theatre is that opera, there's no spoken text and music theatre has acting and talking, obviously. Whereas opera is just every single line is sung, even if it's not an aria. And kids' abilities of learning things through music is incredible. I mean, kids in general are amazing at taking on information. I think one of the biggest things that we saw when we were working with all of these Indigenous kids is that people would come and drop them off and their teachers would say, oh, that boy, he doesn't even know how to read and he's going to be really naughty the whole time. And they would give us these preconceived ideas about what these kids are like. And then they would come into a room with us and we would start doing music things with them. And they were just concentrating. We only see them for three hours every day. By the end of the week, they've memorized 10 songs in nine different languages. It was just totally different person. And I think that is the beauty of music. Some people can't connect with that academic side of life. I was terrible at math, I can tell you that right now. But music is just this amazing platform. And within music and these operas and theatre shows, there's all these different roles. If a kid really can't sing but loves music, they can be a lighting designer, they can be a stage manager, they can design the set or the costumes. There's all of these incredible roles that are still within the industry that aren't at the front and aren't the solo but are by no means less important. Opera without set is just death. It's so boring. And as soon as you put costumes and set and lighting and an orchestra, for instance, and that's why we're so excited for the instrumental program that we're starting is because being in the pit of an orchestra as well is just a totally different and exciting experience. This um, track is actually from my album Bloodline. So yeah, it's called Stay With Me.
voice, hey? You must check out all of Jess's music online immediately. She's got awesome duets with Paul Kelly, Tina Arena. She's a proper powerhouse. Our next guest is former Dumbo Feather choir teacher, occasional Dumbo Feather writer, the brilliant Monique DiMartina. We have a rich, long-form conversation with Monique in the magazine. And what you're about to hear is an extract from our chat with her in one of our lunchtime lockdown sessions. We enter the conversation with Monique explaining the process behind her latest album, Tides, which is a stunning collection of piano miniatures. I did all the pre-production tracking here, which just means I practiced recording it. And then the plan was to record it here, but lockdown lifted enough for it to be allowed for us to go to a piano store and record it there. So there's a beautiful nine-foot concert grand Yamaha in a piano store in West Melbourne called the Australian Piano Warehouse. So I got down there with my recording engineer buddy, Lachlan Carrick. He's pretty fabulous. He's toured with Gautier and Angus and Julia and oh, who hasn't he done recording for? He does all the people. He's just got magic ears. So he came down with his fabulous microphones to this piano store and we got in after closing and just played the album. He recorded it and then we walked out again and that was the album one night special. So it's 10 tracks of solo piano. I'll play you a couple of them. This one I like very much. They're all gentle. They had to be gentle because my neighbours sleep (laughs) at that wall and I didn't want to wake the kids. And I kind of wanted them gentle anyway. I needed this space. The sonic space that I created in this album is the space that I needed. I didn't want to mope around in maudlin sounds. I wanted to feel redemptive and hopeful. So those are the kind of sounds I was finding as I sculpted. Here we go. This one is called Serafina Lucid Dreamer. The vision of this was when I finally got to take my eight-year-old to the beach after the 5K lifted and she was just playing with this kid that she met at the beach. It was so beautiful. The spontaneous, imaginative world that they created playing there.
I think that with this flurry of information and distraction and content that is always about us, the answer for me is almost always just to stop the constant flow and just sit with what is, sit with what's right here and just to play a simple song and really sit with it really hear it, let it really go into my body or really listen to my daughter try to get a flute note and feel the vibration of that sound. I'm all about the vibration of just that chord, just hearing that and feeling it in the body in an organic kind of visceral way. And I think Scriabin was hooked into that. I think he was feeling things that way. I think Music was very real and very physically intoxicating for him, as it is for me. And so the words he found for that were, I am God, <laughs> which is, you know, I think there's God in all of us. I'm down for that. I'm, I'm all for it. Maybe he just wasn't the only God. Anyway, I love his music too. <laughs> and I steal from everyone the stones I read years ago that one of their composition techniques was to jam on old blues songs until they had morphed so far away from the original Muddy Waters or Lightning Hopkins or Chester Burnett song, whatever, that it had become something that they could just put their stamp on and say, okay, now this is called I Can't Get No Satisfaction, hip-shaped thing or whatever. So I do that when I compose. If I love something, I'll fiddle around with it and use it as a launching pad and eventually I've left it behind so that you don't recognise the imprint of it, but something of the spirit of it has stuck with me and moved into the piece that is now my piece, and that's how I came to this one. It's called She Reads Me. It's about friendship and, oh, my goodness, how my girlfriends carried me through lockdown. Ho, ho, ho. The phone calls and the texts and the ways that we connected and just feeling understood by my women folk just got me through that time, gets me through life really. So it's an ode to that. And to that end, it's just a two-voice thing. So it's, there's not a lot of, there's a little bit of chord action, but mostly it's two voices intertwining and responding to each other. Here we go.
Well, I hope you are downloading all of Monique and Jess's music on the back of that. Like I said, you can read more about both of them in the music issue of Dumbo Feather, also featuring Bernard Fanning, Shelley Morris, the Dostoevsky Choir, and many other greats. Thanks to the guys at Cheshire Audio and Yaga for editing this episode. And thanks to our partners, Bank Australia, for helping us bring this mini-series to life. If you're looking to put your money somewhere that's having a positive impact on people and planet, then get yourself over to Bank Australia. Bankost.com.au Catch you next time for more musical goodness on the Dumbo Feather podcast. Have you aligned your bank with your values? Your everyday choices make an impact. And where your bank does too. Search Bank Australia to join the change.